The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Today's service is a very special one. All we are going to be doing is worshiping God. It's a worship encounter service, a prayer and worship encounter service. Um, we've themed it Yahweh. Somebody say Yahweh. And that is one of God's names revealed in the Bible. Um, the interesting thing about the name of God is that the simple truth is nobody really knows the name of God. Um, that's how great and how big God is. Like one of the speakers shared to us during Grace Culture, people have called God by what he revealed himself to them at different times. So, on the Mount of Moriah, when God told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, and God brought a provision of the ram that was caught in the thicket to Abraham, um, Abraham called God um, Yahweh Yireh, the Lord that provides, because God provided for him. Um, people have called God by the name he revealed, Jehovah, Yahweh, um, by the way, he revealed um, himself to them. So there is a lot of Bible scholars, Hebrew, they, they debate what is really God's name. Different names. This one is the generally accepted one. It's, it's made of four characters in the Hebrew language. Um, in English, we use the letters Y-H-W-H. And it's pronounced, commonly accepted. There are Arguments on how to really pronounce the name. There are arguments of the name itself. There are arguments of how to pronounce the name. But the most commonly accepted one is this Y-H-W-H. Yad-He-Wah-He. Again, the truth of the matter is nobody knows. Because nobody has ever come to God and said, God, what is your name? Or nobody was there at the naming ceremony of God. He is that big. Hallelujah. He is that awesome. God is beyond human comprehension. Praise God. And this morning, we just want to encourage you to worship Him. Lay your life down before Him. Present the issues that are of concern to you. As we come to the end of this year, it's just more or less two months left. And specifically, we want you to obtain mercy. We've been talking about that all through our teachings this month. That the new creation, that's our devotional study, um, we are products of mercy. And if you've been following the teachings on Wednesdays, we've talked about the fact that it all starts with the mercy of God. What God has done for us that we cannot merit or cannot deserve. We use mercy, grace, favor, the different expressions of what God has done for us. We've also talked about the fact that there is a part for us to play, and that part is really a response to what God has done. That's what today's prayer and worship is all about. A response to the mercy and the grace that God has shown us. And one of the things we want you to see again is God is a God of mercy. Hallelujah. Can somebody say that with us this morning? My God is a God of mercy. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 
I just want to exhort you briefly and prepare your hearts to worship God without any reservations this morning. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please watch how they describe him here. The Father of mercies. Father of mercies. On Wednesday, we thought about the fact that as new creations, we are vessels of mercy. The Father of mercies has poured mercy inside of us. Filling our lives with his mercies. Hallelujah. The, the Father of mercies and the God of all comforts. Hallelujah. Say this season, God is comforting me on every side. Oh, I can't hear somebody this morning shout it out loud. This season, God is comforting me on every side. I have rest round about. All right, you are sitting, so you can't do 360 like me, but your hand can do 360. See, I have rest round about. That's the theme of supernatural. And this is things like this that lets us make those kind of declarations. We have a father of mercies and a God of all comforts. Verse 4, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 1, who comforts us in all our tribulation. Notice it's not some of the tribulation. There is nothing like, ah, that problem is too big for me. So let me do the one I can handle. I can handle your financial issues, but your health concerns, ah, you have to go and look for a doctor. No, somebody say all our tribulation. Not only does it comfort us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have comforted with by God. That's amazing. Can I prophesy over you this morning, somebody? God will comfort you so much. God will bless you so much. You will have overflow in the name of Jesus. You will have so much overflow, you will now be able to comfort others with the comfort that you have received from God. That shall be your portion this season in the name of Jesus. What was he saying there? He will anoint your head with oil. Your cup will run over. God is not going to be stingy with his mercies towards you. God is not going to be stingy with his kindness towards you. God is not going to be stingy with his goodness towards you. He will give you much more than all the challenges and troubles you have faced in the name of Jesus. That's who he is. Hallelujah. That's who he is. And the good news is he loves to show mercy. That, that, that's where we ended Wednesday service. I, I love this scripture. Micah chapter 6 verse 8. Micah 6 and 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? God, this, Watch this. God is telling what he requires of us. What is that? That you do justly and you love mercy. And to walk humbly with your God. There's a principle in scriptures or a Bible study or a Bible understanding scripture we have. And that, that principle says God's position is God's disposition. 
what's God's position, what God's word reveals to us. What is God's position as revealed in this text? God's position is that we should love mercy. In other words, you should be willing to show mercy. And you should do it lovingly, not grudgingly, not stingily. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. If that is God's position to us, as revealed in his word, that we are to love mercy, that means that is God's disposition towards us. God can be telling me, Pastor T, I want you to love mercy. And God is not disposed to show him Pastor T mercy. Do you understand what we are saying here? Do you understand what I'm saying? If God's position is you are to love mercy, I want you to love mercy. That means God's disposition towards me is to love mercy. He wants, he loves to show me mercy. Another wonderful text, Hosea chapter 6. Hosea chapter 6 and verse 6. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And the knowledge of God. This is what we are doing this morning. We want you to know God as the Father of all mercies and the God of all comforts. That's who Yahweh is to us. Hallelujah. Yahweh, Yireh, Abraham said, the God that provides. Your own is Yahweh, mercy, or whatever you want to call it. The God that shows me mercy. Amen. And that's what God will do for you this season. Can somebody shout a loud amen? Let me just point out again what mercy will do for you as we get set to pray and to worship this morning. This was how we closed Wednesday night. I want to just go further in that direction. What, what will happen if I can obtain the mercies of God? God is a father of mercies. God wants to show mercy. He loves to show me mercy. What will happen to me if I can lay hold on God's mercy? Number one is that your sins will be forgiven. Hebrews 8 and 12 once again. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. God speaking. I will show you mercy. I will grant you forgiveness of your errors, your sins and your mistakes. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. Hallelujah. We all sin from time to time. That's what 1 John tells us. 1 John 1, 5. On verse 9. If we confess our sins, is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse from all unrighteousness. Next that says, if we say we have not sinned, we are lying. But what God does for us, his children, new creations, is there is forgiveness for our sins. We don't have to live under the judgment or the dominion or the guilt of conscience that comes because of sin. God is merciful. We can come to him and like the Bible says, he will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He loves to do it. Praise God. No, Apostle Paul was writing to the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, please listen to what he told them in verse 21. He said, when I come to you, um, the way some of you are living, he, he was telling them that, no, I don't want you to live that way. He said, verse 12, the latter part of verse 21 of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 
of many that have sinned before and have not repented of their uncleanness and fornication and lewdness which they have practiced. The good news is, as a Christian, you don't have to live in your sin. You don't have to live in your uncleanness. You don't have to live in your fornication and lewdness. You don't. Sin shall not have dominion over you. There is a God of all comfort, a Father of mercies that you can come to like that woman that was caught in adultery and he will forgive you of your sins and empower you to sin no more. Because he is merciful. Somebody hear what we are saying this morning. It's merciful. First John chapter 1, verse 6 says, If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, continue to sin, continue to lie, continue to fornicate, continue to live a lewd life, he says we lie and do not practice the truth. That's not the plan and the will of God for the new creation. To be dominated by sin. To be dominated by sinful habits. No. And his plan also is not for you to live in guilt and condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. Glory be to God. What is his plan? When and if I sin, I can come to him. I will not be like Adam and Eve that is running away from his presence. Glory be to God. I can run into his presence and say, Lord, have mercy. And in his mercy, I will find forgiveness and cleansing for my sins. Somebody shout a loud hallelujah. Luke 18. Jesus told of a parable about a tax collector and a Pharisee. They both came into God's presence. The Bible said in verse 9 of Luke 18, he told this parable to some who trusted in themselves rather than trust in God. That they were righteous. Ah, I don't have sin. Hey, I mean, I don't make mistakes. No, people that don't ask God for mercy. That's what he's saying. You are, you are trusting in yourself. As if you can cleanse yourself. As if you can sanctify yourself. As if you can redeem yourself. He spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised other people. I love the prayer of the tax collector in that parable. And that's what I want to encourage you to pray this morning. Verse 13. The tax collector standing afar off. He would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven. But he beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And watch what verse 14 says, which will be somebody's portion this morning. I tell you. This man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalts himself will be humbled, but he that humbles himself will be exalted. Somebody, you are leaving this service today free from every shame and every guilt and every condemnation of sin in the name of Jesus. All you need to do is say, Lord, have mercy. God of mercies, I call on you, I cry to you. That, that's what you need to do. Because God is merciful. Amen. What else is available to us in God's mercy? We mentioned this on Wednesday. Like Apostle Paul, by the mercy of God, you can find or discover your purpose. You can get direction for your life. And you can fulfill your destiny. By the mercy of God. 
Last week we talked about purpose. That that's, that's the place of your dominion. You find the place that God created you for. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ unto good works. And begin to rule and reign then. So Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 1. God granted me mercy. Sorry. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. I thank Christ Jesus our God. Who enabled me. 1 Timothy 1 and 12. Because he counted me faithful. Put him in the ministry. It was God that put me in the ministry. He counted me faithful. Although I was formerly a blasphemer. I was a persecutor. I was an insolent man. In other words, I was living a rubbish life. I was actually going against God with the way I was living my life. But something happened. Glory be to God. He said, I obtained mercy. Hallelujah. Somebody, you are going to obtain mercy today. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Verse 14. And the grace of our God was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. What's Paul's testimony? I obtained the mercy of God and I discovered my purpose. And I fulfilled my destiny. He ended up writing two thirds of the New Testament. Someone that was an insolent man. Someone that was a persecutor of the church. The moment he obtained mercy, he discovered his purpose. He got direction for life. That would be somebody's testimony this morning. By the mercy of God. You will no longer live an anyhow life. Your life and your destiny will not be a waste. You will not be an accident going somewhere to happen. You will be a blessing going somewhere to manifest. How? By the mercy of God. Somebody shout by the mercy of God. And again, all you need to do this morning is, Lord, have mercy. Somebody cried that this morning, Lord, have mercy. Let me give you a third testimony as we get ready to pray this morning. Luke chapter 1, the story of Elizabeth. What else will the mercy of God do for you? The mercy of God will help you overcome barrenness. Both the fruit of the womb, physical barrenness. Spiritual barrenness, financial barrenness, mental barrenness, barrenness concerning the work of your hands, hallelujah. Barrenness in your business, in your career. Luke chapter 1, verse 57. Now Elizabeth's full time came to her, came for her to be delivered. And she brought forth a son. I prophesy over someone on the sound of my voice. This final two months, by the mercy of God, you will bring forth in the name of Jesus. I said you will bring forth good things. You will bring forth new things in the name of Jesus. She brought forth a son. Someone that had been barren for decades. Verse 58. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy. That's how we are going to bring forth. The Lord had shown great mercy to her. They came and they rejoiced with her. I prophesy over you. People are going to come and rejoice with you. Because of the things you will bring forth by the great mercy of God. People will gather and rejoice with you. That will be your story. Come on, say that will be my story. By the mercy of God. That I shall obtain this season. Rise on your feet. Lift your hands to heaven. Just begin to bless God this morning. 
Lord, have mercy. That's your prayer. Don't complicate it. Lord, have mercy. Come on, pray. Whether it's forgiveness of sin you are trusting God for or you need from him, Lord, have mercy. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my errors. Forgive me of my mistakes. H.O.P., please quickly come. Forgive me of my misdates. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Oh, you have, we talked about losses. That's another thing I couldn't mention in this service, in the first service. God restored Job's losses by his mercy. God gave Paul a discovery of purpose and destiny by his mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. And God caused Elizabeth to bring forth and to overcome the shame and the stagnation of barrenness by his mercy. I want to read Isaiah 54 over you. Continue to pray. Continue to pray. Isaiah 54 from verse 1. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. That's what we want to do this morning. We want to sing. We want to praise God. We want to bless Yahweh, the God of mercies, our King of kings, our Lord of lords. As we sing His praise, the gates will open up. And the king of glory will come in. Sing, O barren, who you have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. Cry aloud. You who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Verse 2. And like the place of your tents, let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. Oh, yatayadabababosoto. Somebody come and lift your voice and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. Ayatosotopa. Verse 7, Isaiah 54, verse 7. For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. I will gather you with great mercies. With a little wrath, I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness, I will have mercy on you. I will have mercy on you. With everlasting kindness, I will have mercy on you. Verse 10. For the mountains shall depart, the hills shall be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you. Hallelujah. Nor shall my covenant of peace be removed. Says the Lord who has mercy on you. The mountains shall depart. The hills shall be moved. There can be problems and troubles and challenges. But I will have mercy on you. Come on, will you lift your hands this morning and cry out for mercy? Cry out for mercy. Cry out for mercy. Cry out for mercy. Show me mercy in my family, oh God. Show me mercy in my business. Show me mercy in my life, in my career, in my ministry, in my home, in my marriage. Everywhere where there are challenges. Lord, I lay down my life before you. Have mercy. Father of mercies. Father of mercies, Father of mercies, Father of mercies, 
have mercy. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere, Nigeria. We are located at King's Word Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.